Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Here's a brief but annoying message to let you know that you could have first heard this episode nine months ago if you were a subscriber to our Iron Filing Society Patreon offering. For the price of a pint and a St. Clements each month, you can get up to four episodes a week, nine months before the rest of the world gets them. Early access to regular episodes... Lots of other marvellous benefits and there's absolutely no adverts or brief but annoying messages like this that will get right on your ticks. Find out more and subscribe now at tftimemachine.com slash iron filings. Here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go, this is it. This is Top Flight Time Machine. I am Andy Hotbody Dawson. I'm Sam Nifty Delady, so what? Welcome along. It's the, uh, the Rod Hull Odyssey. We're looking at Rod's uh, 1983... Uh, this is your life appearance. Weirdly, it's almost completely bereft of emu, other than um, a short burst of intense emu activity at the beginning of the episode. Yeah, I mean, it's really like covered. you don't get much emu, but the emu you get oh. is of the very highest quality. <laughs> it's pure grade emu, isn't it? it? I mean, it's it, the simplest and quickest way of explaining it is it's emu in physical combat with Keith Chigwin in a BBC reception area. I mean, I'll, I'll leave the details for you to discover, but that should be enough. Yeah. Yeah, have a look. It's on uh, It's on the YouTube. Just have a look. Rod Hull, this is your life. It's very simple to find. You just use the search box at the top of the page. I'm sure you know how to do that. <laughs> um, where were we? Yeah, we got distracted again. We, we haven't even got to the bit, I don't think, where they, they walk into the theatre. Um... The premise of this thing was that they were doing a thing about the um, the children's Royal Variety Show and some kids that had been there the year before were coming back or something mm. to do a documentary or piece of television yeah. to talk about it. And I don't know. I mean, to be honest, in those days, there was always a big bunch of kids on any TV show. There was always yeah, like a bunch around. of fucking kids yeah. in duffel coats and woolly hats just all standing yeah. about. You never really knew why. Didn't really matter. Yeah. And they'd, they'd be shrieking for yeah. some reason. You know, it was it was annoying. But you'd watch it as a kid and think, oh, why am I not on telly? Why is them kids on telly? I want to be on telly. They look like yeah. a right bunch of assholes. They should have got me and my mates on there. Yeah, well, you're not on telly because you live in fucking Sunderland. That's fucking why. And they make all <laughs> these programmes in London. <laughs> yeah. It's like I was listening to Gary Kemp's Rock on Tours recently, mm. where the episode where Martin Kemp is the guest. Mm. And they're talking about how they got into acting when they were kids because they went to the famous Anna Sher yeah. acting school, mm. which was just across the road from where they lived. Mm. Well, that's not and their Gary fault, went there is for it? Six months. It's not right? their fault that they opened a theatre school opposite where no, they exactly. lived. That's just exactly, what happened to them. It's just good luck. Yeah, good fortune and best of luck to them. They've done well out of it. Yeah. Gary was gone for six months. His parents didn't even know about it till yeah. he got a part in fucking some film. Well, I never yeah. went on telly, and I was from London, but I can tell you that my brother-in-law was in the children's TV show Rubber Dub Dub. And, okay. And uh, when I first was with 
my uh, good wife, they it was such a big family source of immense pride. Right. right, yeah. Bear in mind, by the time I was started going out with my missus, her younger brother would have been about probably 17, 18 when I was first yeah. hanging around there, right? He was in Rubber Dub Dub. I don't know if you remember it, but it was one of those kids' shows that was on in the daytime for quite young kids. And right. uh, the studio, as we've just said, was always just full of fucking little kids just hanging about, right? And being silly. And he was one yeah. of them in one episode of Rubber Dub Dub uh, over 10 years before I'd first sort mm-hmm. of entered into their family fray. And the level, and I've complained about this to my wife many times, right? I was like, I'm sorry, but the amount that your family discussed your brother's appearance in like 1981 on Rubber yeah. Dub Dub is way beyond what seemed appropriate. Yes, of course, if any of us had been on Rubber Dub Dub when we were kids, it's legitimately something of note and it's something to be proud of. But you would have thought that he had been one of these kids who had like, I don't know, oh, do you remember when Tom fucking, you know, won the Nobel Peace Prize even though he was only six? It was like that. Yeah, yeah. They had it on VHS, right? The amount of times... That VHS came out. Oh, yeah. Do you know? Should yeah. we get the tape out? Should we get the tape out and watch Rubber Dub Dub? Oh, my God. He didn't do anything, mate. He was just like there. He, did, he didn't have a speaking part. He was just hanging around in the studio while the presenters did whatever it was they were doing. So, again, I'm not being bitter and jazz. Maybe I am being a bit bitter and jazz. I never was on Rubber Dub Dub or anything similar. But he was. And I just think they go on about it too much. And anyway, for the last few years, because he's in his 40s now, right? Mm. And to be fair to him, I would say it wasn't so much him as his, as his like, mum and siblings who went on about it. I think it got to a stage mm. with him where he was like, you know, like child stars get held back in the rest of their life because they feel like it kind of ruins them early. And I think yeah, that for course. many years, his appearance on Rubber Dub Dub was an albatross for him. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it set a sort yeah. of a certain standard that he felt he was always struggling to live up to for the rest of his life. Yeah, but they were now, always were looking to maintain that level. He's in his 40s now. impossible, isn't it? Yeah. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if he's gone through some therapy on the matter. I don't know. Probably. But he seems all right with it now. But at the weekend, I was like, you know, sometimes I think to myself, I mean, I'm lucky I've got nice in-laws, right? I get I get on with them. I really like them mm. on the whole. I mean, everyone irritates each other once in a while, but, you know. But the other day, I was, I was thinking to myself, God, isn't it nice that I don't have to ever think about or listen about or watch anything to do with my brother-in-law's mm. appearance on Rubber Dub Dub the other day, right? Mm. <sighs> on Saturday, my <sighs> mother-in-law was round, and I heard that she's always got tech advice that she, she's always got she always has a technical problem to do with something to do with her computer or one of her digital devices that she will be asking either my wife or I about and I don't know if you have this in your life but what older people tend to do is they will ask you they will tell you a problem they've got with their computer or their phone or their iPad and then when you try to give them an answer an explanation they you tell them how to fix it they become furious with you for suggesting it. I know that. 
I've tried that. That doesn't work. Oh, that won't work for me. I'm not interested in that. Stop saying that. Anyway, her thing was, I need to know how to get videotape made into digital film that I can show on my phone. And my wife went, why? And I was sitting doing something else, trying to stay out of the conversation. But my ears pricked up. I thought, oh, no. Oh, no. She's trying to get video onto her phone and iPad. Why? And she just went, well, obviously, I want to get Tom's tape of him on Rubber Dub Dub digitised so I can show it to... uh, She was going round someone's house, like a a neighbour, or she'd been invited round for drinks. Mm. She couldn't imagine going round to meet new friends without being able to present to them the, the like maximum 20 seconds that her son yeah. was on Rubber Dub Dub in the 80s. On a phone, though. I've mean. had enough of this Rubber Dub Dub thing. So what I'm saying I mean, is, Andy... Here's, 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 here's the thing. I've got the ability to do that. I can digitise VHS tips. Don't. don't. I don't want you getting involved in this. I don't I'm want just, you... What I'm going to say is... If we, I mean, yeah, it's not going to work, but you could get your hands on that tip and then I could... I'd destroy it if I did. Commas, digitise it, but something could go horribly wrong during yeah. the process. Uh, yeah, that that it, that does appeal to me because I would, given half the chance, if I knew there that tape was, I would fucking destroy it. Yeah. Right, because I have had it up to here with that rub-a-dub-dub thing. So what I'm saying is, right, you're like, oh, all these London kids always getting on telly, bastards. Well, careful what you wish for, mate, because yeah. I, guess, it, I mean, it can it's, actually it's, ruin it, lives. It kind of feels as though that that scenario you've just talked about is heading towards me, thanks to the fact that I'm in the Ken Loach film that's due out later this year. Yeah, look, you're when in that, the, exactly. You're there going, oh, all these Londoners getting all the opportunities. You're the one in a feature film by a world yeah, famous director. Yeah, though. Well, well, with decades, I think it's probably know, better never, because you're better. You're emotionally more capable to to cope with the attention that will bring you now. If it had happened to you well, too young, you'd have ended up like my brother-in-law off his nut because he it had all happened too soon. It, it's due out in the spring, I think. It'll be out on DVD maybe by Christmas, early next year. Mm. That means my parents will get a copy and then they'll be putting it on all the time whenever people go around. Fair enough, though. So, I don't know. It's a bigger deal, actually, than Rubber Dub Dub. So, you know, I would accept that more because it feels like a bigger deal. ITV, well, the BBC as well, a lot of telly was regionalised a lot more when we were kids. Mm. So uh, I could have been in the audience for Razzmatazz, do you remember yeah. Razzmatazz? Yeah, was that, that made was in... made by Tyne Tees. Oh, there you go. And then, once you've been to Razzmatazz, you graduate to the tube. You might get spotted. That was in you might get spotted. Who's that freezed hair? Who's that young chappy? He seems to have a certain star quality. Got right. charisma about him. Alert, alert me when he turns 16. We'll get him in the audience for the tube. <laughs> Not one of the big acts, one of the up-and-comers, just to try him out. He's present in the moment, but he seems slightly disaffected. Almost as if he doesn't care. But he's, he's also just, enjoying it. Just what I've been, it's just what I've been looking for. He could be the new James Dean. <laughs> yeah. We'll get him in for the tube. I think we've got cameo on in three weeks. Mate. See how he responds when Larry Blackman's parading around with that big red codpiece on. Uh, and uh, <laughs> we'll take it from there. Uh, it's a good thing to test him out on, because a, a lot of youths will panic in a situation like that when Cameo are there. Let's see if he panics. Let's see how he operates under pressure. Rasmataz is all very well, but let's see how he operates in the big leagues. 
Larry Blackburn's giant red cock is usually the litmus test, <laughs> I find, with teenagers. Mate, razzmatazz, let alone the tube, are both much more exciting than rubber dub dub so yeah i think they I don't are, think yeah. you got much to be complaining about to be honest the good i didn't you know, know i didn't know how you'd get to razzmatazz there was a rumor that a couple of kids in my school had been to see it i don't know how you would go about it but the tube i was always slightly too young and i, I regret that i was 15 when the tube ended i think yeah i'd be over 16 so that's uh that's that's something i've just got to live with yeah but, uh, I had I had older friends who used to go along and watch it. Really? Yeah. Did you just yeah. have to queue up? I can't remember. I think you would. Yeah, maybe. I'm not sure what the procedure was, but I mean. Well, we've got that, a lot of listeners the in the northeast. Maybe someone listening has been to went on the tube, and they can get in touch and tell us a bit more about it. I'd love to know. Actually. Yeah, I mean the the the, the mate who I did know that used to go pretty much every week. He's dead now, so I can't ask him. I tell you what uh, else I'd like to know. Back. Sorry to skirt over the fact that your mate's dead. I'm sorry about that, but um, it was a long time ago. But the, I I tell you what, I was watching this Rod Hole. This is your life that we're supposed to be oh, talking yeah, that's about. Why we're here, isn't and it? I yeah, really did ge- genuinely. I did used. To, I did think I would love to speak to someone who worked on this show because I was trying to remember how many there were in a series. So I was thinking, actually, the amount of research and production that they would have had to have done, all in secret as well. It would be fucking... Mm. There was big productions, these shows, really big. Like, yeah. there's a bit... I don't want to get ahead of myself, but Rod Hull, as we'll discover as we go deeper in the show, had a lot of connections in Australia. Yeah. And so there's some. There's a lot of content that's coming out of Australia in this show. And I was thinking, in those days, you couldn't just fucking first research a load of archive online. Nowadays, you yeah. know, people looking for archive footage can find most of it on online libraries because... It's been digitised, just yeah, yeah, like right. my mother-in-law wants to do rub-a-dub-dub, mm-hmm. right? And also, if you want to get a video message from someone, they can fucking film it on their phone, and a second later, they've WhatsApped it to you all the way from Oz. No problem. Piece of piss. I was talking yeah. to my niece in Colombia yesterday, just like normal chat. Didn't even acknowledge yeah. she was in Colombia, just like having a chat about this, that, and the other. Right. Well, that's how we could do this one day when we're both living. Yeah, in, um, when you're in Colombia uh, and I'm in Australia, for example. Yeah, yeah. we'd uh, be able to carry on doing the episodes. Like and this. but back then, you know, this, they they were like having to probably. I was thinking they probably had to fly, send people humans and equipment to Australia to film a video message, and then fly all the way back again. Like, the fucking time and expense just to make a little bit of, like, one-minute bit of footage for a show. And they were making a ton of these simultaneously, weren't they? And they were were. tracking people down for all of the guests. They were tracking people down all over the world. Huge amounts of secret research, right? Flying people from all over the world. Australia seemed to be the big one, didn't it? They in this, in this episode. That, that, was, that was the golden ticket, getting someone to come from Australia. Because back then it would take a day to get to Australia. Yeah. Still does, doesn't it? Or have they it's got a lot a faster now? It's a lot of, I don't know. There's there's a plane they invented that now can go all the way there without stopping. I know that much. I don't know how long that mm. takes. I'd feel a bit uncertain about getting on that plane. Yeah, I'd want to stop somewhere. Yeah. Get my feet down on the ground. Uh, can we stop for a piss? Uh, so <laughs> there's, there's, toilet, actually, sir. there's actually a toilet on the plane. Yeah, I'm not using <laughs> that. I don't trust it. Go on, I thought you <laughs> Where's landed it go? In, I thought you landed in Japan or something on the way. Can I have a quick word with the pilot, please? 
Please return to your seat. <laughs> but, mate, uh, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't mind stretching my legs. I'm bored shitless here. <laughs> um, yeah, we should get back to the Rudhull thing, I reckon. Kind of why we're here. Can I give you an overview of just watching quite a lot of it this morning? Yeah. There is a real... There's a beautiful childlike quality in Rod Hull's eyes during this whole thing. Yes. I used to often watch it and think, was this really a surprise or had they found out had someone given them the mm. tip off? And sometimes you'd look and think, oh, they fucking know. Not this guy. He didn't know no. it was happening. And you can see him processing it is quite, it's quite moving to watch. Because it, yeah. you know, it, imagine that, Andy. Like, imagine suddenly some cunt rocks up to you, right, when you're just going about your business. Perhaps you're just out walking Oscar, right? Someone jumps mm. out of a fucking bush, Dresses right? a big chicken. And goes, right, you, come to this fucking television studio and guess what? Every cunt you've ever met, right, including ones you haven't seen for 40 years, they're all going to fucking be there and you've got to interact with them, right? Yeah. You'd be like, oh, Jesus Christ, this is so much to cope with. Jalapeño. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Jalapeño. And you watch him going through it, and there's a, there is a, there's a real, like, sort of childlike twinkle inside. Mm. There's also, at times, a slight sadness, in my opinion, because I think yeah. there's sad memories that are being brought up. Like, but Eamon Andrews is not verbalising them explicitly, because mm. they don't do any of that. They don't dig into the bad stuff. That came years later now. All TV's about digging into the bad stuff and the pain, isn't it? Whereas then yeah, it was just, just like... Yeah, Piers Morgan sat there yeah. talking about it, when you fucked up. Exactly, and, exactly. Know, exactly. Do you want to cry? Go on, do a fucking cry. Then that way I might win a BAFTA. Go, go on, we'll get some fucking social media traction out of it. It'll yeah. go viral. Go on, cry. Go on, cry, cry more. Come on, everyone. Chant with me. Cry, 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 cry. cry. <laughs> Did your mum probably not love you? Is that it? <laughs> Did you get touched up by your uncle? Do you want to cry uh, now? No, that must have been really horrid. Go on, have a little cry. <laughs> There's no shame in it. <laughs> it cry now. It won't cry. Good. You'll probably feel better. <laughs> um, I will. 
<laughs> oh well it'll literally get me a fucking pay rise I'm renegotiating my contract at the moment <laughs> yeah but um, uh, yeah, there's a, there's he, a bit he, right at the end we don't, we don't want to go up there's a bit right at the very end as the credits roll where he just looks completely stunned by what's happened yeah you, you would be I mean it's this is a, it's incredible. It was a feat of television journalism and production. I, re- I really mean that, actually. And I would love to read an interview with someone who was like, you know, the producer on it or something. Because mm. you think, fucking hell. I'm pretty sure this this wasn't like a six-episode run. It used to just run and run, didn't it? Like, <laughs> always on. It was yeah. just always on. So yeah. imagine how many people they had working on a show like that. Like, it must yeah. have been really difficult to it, have put together. It just wouldn't come back now because it would just be such a ball ache and they wouldn't do it no and I was, th- I was thinking another reason why it wouldn't come back is that keeping the secret would be a million times harder yeah because if you're approached yeah. about they they had to approach fucking like at least a hundred people for each episode right not just guests that who are mm. going to appear but other people who were conduits to those people a lot of people have to know about it and in the age of social media and our ability to just fucking text and WhatsApp each other all the time, everyone, and everyone's fucking desperate falling over themselves to sew their in on it, right? So you get a yeah. call and suddenly you're off on Twitter going, I just received a call from, let's just say, I've been sworn to secrecy, yeah, yeah, but yeah. a very famous show <laughs> that, how should I put it, documents the lives of famous individuals... <laughs> Right, and not to give too much away, there'll be a certain someone synonymous with a puppet bird who <laughs> will be getting the surprise by a certain large book of a colour. Twenty third of April. Shall remain nameless. <laughs> My lips are sealed. Then the emoji of that person with a zip across yeah. their mouth. Yeah, that'd be completely. going on non-stop. You'd never be able to keep it secret, would you? No, that wouldn't happen. Couldn't happen anymore. Different times. Different times. Different times. If it did happen, who um, would you like to see presenting it? Because I know Aspel's me? alive, but I think he's withdrawn from public life. Well, well, me. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. It would. I mean, it would. What be Paddy McGuinness? <laughs> it's always Paddy McGuinness or Paddy Bradley. What's his name? Bradley Walsh. Bradley Walsh. Bradley Walsh would be a good call. I'm a big fan of Bradley. He Walsh. is very good. Great. But yeah. do you feel that the the beauty of Eamon Andrews and Michael Aspel was they were. They were good ringmasters, but they didn't put too much of themselves into it. Absolutely. If you see what I mean. Absolutely. Whereas the, there's no point getting Pat, uh, Paddy McGuinness or, or Bradley Walsh if you're not going to invite the their now. personality into the show. You know? That's the way it is now. Then it just becomes every week it's the Bradley get? Walsh show. I would get probably Michael Burke to do it. I tell you, no, I tell you, you get to do it. Mm. Charlie Stitt. Oh, my God. Lovely stuff. There you go. I. I was chatting to a bloke last week who's been doing a bit of work for the BBC, right? Oh, yeah. Up in at their Salford compound, right? Yeah. And I said, Oh, when you're when you're working up there, have you where do you stay? You got got a little place up there, you got a mate, what is it? What's the deal? And he said, I stay there's a there's a hotel, right, near the compound. Right. He went, and when I'm doing a few days work, I'll stay in this particular hotel. He went, mm. and you wouldn't believe what this hotel's like. It's like Stella Street, he goes, because every person who is working for any part of the BBC up there in Salford right. are all staying in this same hotel because it's, like, so near, right? right? He goes, so you get up for breakfast, and he went through all the fucking names. He goes, you're there, 
It's not a fancy hotel either. He goes, you're there having your breakfast buffet. And as you go along, you look up and there's like a ton of fucking presenters, <laughs> actors, like right. really famous. The only people around the buffet are people who are really famous off of TV. He's, he's, he's telling me all Hold the out. people. And yeah. I said, do you talk to me? You go, well, you know, everyone sits on separate tables, so it's quite weird. But occasionally you might see someone who you semi-know, you have a chat with them. Very occasionally, you know, if you're feeling confident, you might just go up to him and go, all right, oh, yeah, no, I've met you before, but I just want to say, yeah. but the one person who, irrespective of who else is there at this breakfast buffet, right, how big the names are, the one person who changes the atmosphere of the room to one of deep reverence, gasping reverence whenever he enters, is, of course, Charlie State, State of the Nation, State of Play. Good old state of play. Right, when he comes Stay in... Stay those curtains. When he comes in, cutlery fucking drops yeah. onto China, yeah. mate. Yeah. There's he, a, he must be coming in... What, is he coming in for breakfast after he's done the breakfast I don't show? know. don't know what is. Don't or ask is me about Charlie or? State's movements. They're not my business. I don't know what yeah. his schedule is, but he's around and about there in the buffet area. Yeah. Imagine what he has. Work in the room. Yeah, okay. what, what what do you I mean it's not a premier in I'll come out and say I don't want to give away it's not a premier in but we're talking similar buffet vibes what what would you guess would be the items that he'd go for on the buffet I think breakfast yeah I don't think he'd go full English I think he'd go croissant and fruit <laughs> yeah and you're right you're right <laughs> croissant bit I of jam if it's I wonder if it's the same hotel where I was drinking with Bob Mortimer in 2014 after they'd recorded House of Fools there. I bet it is, but where we'll discuss staying. this afterwards. So I don't want to give too much away, yeah, but I wouldn't be surprised, away. yeah. But yeah, they'll have been put... Very nice, very nice. <laughs> but you drank, you um, didn't have any breakfast. I didn't have any breakfast. I was in the travel lodge next to the well, Morrisons. About listen, we're, we're going to Manchester soon, right, to do a gig in April. And I'm now seriously thinking that even though it's probably not near our venue, I'm going to book into this hotel just to see who I can see. Well, we've been offered accommodation by someone. Oh, yeah, we have. Yeah, we have. We have. Because he hasn't followed up on it as yet. Oh, he's gone quiet now, hasn't he? Well, if he doesn't come through with the the accommodation that we've been offered. Yeah. um, uh, If you want to know, listen, we don't want to be mysterious, but um, a complete stranger who claimed to be a, um, a war veteran from Afghanistan... Um, has invited us to stay in his one bedroom bedsit and but he said it was free and he would boil us both an egg in the morning yeah. and he said he didn't he'd give us a spare key didn't mind what how late we came in so we've jumped on that opportunity i mean we haven't met yeah. him i've seen pictures of him he seems all right um yeah, we haven't um checked his bona fides his, his, his name's terry and yeah, yeah he says he's done three tours of afghanistan uh, in his last email, he said that he'd seen some terrible, horrific things and done some things that still haunt his every night. And, and the reason he told me that in the email, he said, I hope you don't mind, but sometimes I wake screaming in the night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I said, that's no problem. I've got a puppy at home, so I'm used to getting up and down in the night quite a lot. Yeah. You know. And I mean, I, it, I'll, I'll, be, I'll be blind drunk as well, so I'll just sleep through Yeah, that. I said that on your behalf. I hope you don't mind. I said, don't worry about my, um, my, uh, my partner. I said he'll yeah. he'll be blind drunk, so there's no problem he, from his point of view. He's probably if you've got a bath, he'll sleep in there because he'll yeah. probably wet himself. Yeah, 
Yeah, it's it's uh, better. It's more sa- it's more sanitary for him to sleep in the bath usually. Um, yeah. And he said, "Well, he said if you want, you can sleep in with me in my bed." He went because actually the the what the only way that I can get back to sleep when I've woken up in one of my screaming fits mm. is if someone cuddles me. Yeah. And I just replied, just to clarify before I answer that question, can I double confirm this is definitely free? You won't be charging us anything, not even expenses. And he went, no, 100% free. And I said, fine, okay, I will sleep in the bed with you. Yeah. I thought it seemed like a fair deal. Mm. So we're looking forward to that. Yeah, um, so hopefully that comes through. We haven't heard from him in a few days. If it doesn't, then I'm checking into the Media Compound Hotel. And also uh, any other offers... Uh, similar that to nature. that for any, yeah, other any of the, the major conurbations we're visiting at that level we've described or above yeah the, he's, you know, he's offered us both the one, minimum. one boiled egg each for breakfast yeah, and a cuddle and yeah all, all he wants in return is a cuddle and you don't have to be a veteran but I kind of feel comforted if you are probably better if you are yeah yeah, yeah. it feels as though we're doing some kind of civic duty yeah, and we like we like to get out and about around the country and meet meet uh, heroes. It, and it, it it ties in with all that mental health stuff you're going about as well. Yeah, I might I, I might take a tape recorder with me and do a bit yeah, of an interview with him in the night. Of, yeah, put an episode out. Yeah, lovely stuff. Um, Rod Hull. Rod so Hull. yeah, I think last time we just talked about Rod Hull's kind of side story about um, where he'd lived. And how um, he, he had that massive tax bill, and he was made bankrupt in 1994, um, which is obviously sad. He lived in reduced circumstances towards the end of his life. But then we're, we're back at the beginning of the "This Is Your Life," where they enter the theatre. Mm. Uh, the kids are all in the audience by this point. All of those kids that were there earlier, they're all in the audience. Uh, of course, on the stage, there's the lines of seats either side where mm. people come in and sit. Uh, when they come through those those double doors, uh, Keith Chegwin and Sally James are there because they've been there at the introduction part. Yeah, Sally James is wearing a, a, a short black dress and uh, calf length gold boots, mm-hmm. uh, which are in no way distracting or, or triggering. Detailed appraisal of her outfit there, I like throughout it. Throughout the uh, that's the sort of detail no I'm here for. Or triggering when, no. when, when they when they're repeatedly seen. Throughout the episode, when the director goes, but, um, "Fuck it," his, his dad's on now telling this shit story. Give me another close-up on James's calves. <laughs> We're losing it. We're losing yeah. the audience. I can feel it. Come <laughs> back to James's tits. <laughs> yeah, I'm they've just, got his I'm old bugle the... teacher on. Fuck yeah. it. Get back to fucking James. <laughs> Get out the pout. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah they enter the theatre uh, there's the big golden arch over those sliding doors the iconic sliding ba, doors ba, 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 ba. Brilliant. like I said last time there's the, that, that that gives me a slight sense of dread when I hear that music because oh, you think oh god who's coming I on now I don't know whether it's because of the concept of surprises or what I, I must know. admit I can't imagine you responding well to being the subject of a this is your life <laughs> I can't, especially wow. if it was a surprise. If they called me and said, "Look, we're we're bringing back um, this is your life, and uh, we're going to make Andy Dawson one of our first uh, subjects," the, the of first, it, I'd be like, 
listen, have you thought this through? I don't think he's going to react well. I think he might not like yeah. it. Yeah. Um, he's going to go a bit Danny Blanchflower on you. Yeah, he, he might react badly, especially if you turn up dressed like a chicken. That straight away will put his back up. Yeah. <laughs> if Paddy McGuinness approaches him while he's out walking Oscar dressed as a chicken, anything could happen. It could be a disaster. Yeah. He'll take a swing at him. He I could throw Oscar it. at him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's probably got a cord word for Oscar to attack. He'll use yeah. that. Sick. He won't use it often, but he'll use it on McGuinness. Sick, Oscar, sick. <laughs> McGuinness. <laughs> um, so the kids are there there's um, yeah there's a bit of introduction we see uh, a still black and white photograph of Emu attacking the Queen Mother's bouquet yeah that's that's massive that's the kind of thing that was well, never done I know but fucking Rod Hull that's, that's the beauty of the man isn't it he's spoken to with yeah, the, the, the royal pick. family and the thing is he'd, he'd done such a brilliant sort of deception on the whole of the UK public by convincing yeah. all of us, even the Queen Mother, that Emu was a sentient creature. Yeah. So yeah. he could, but really, he could do any of that shit and he got away with it because no one ever thought that fucking weird bloke, Rod Holt, just fucking attacked the Queen Mother on television. Yeah. Right? He People just... would go, oh, <laughs> Emu. <laughs> Naughty boy. And Emu didn't even look that real. Do you know what I mean? It looked like bad art and craft. <laughs> But he was so good at lending it personality just through the power of his arm. No, yeah. Right. Nobody that, says that. No, that no one says you can't attack the Queen, Mum. That's literally the worst person <laughs> in the whole of the UK you could attack physically is the Queen, you, Mum. You, you, you can't wrestle Michael Parkinson to the ground and grab his arse on Saturday <laughs> night with your hand, albeit through the fucking face of an emu. It's just not, it's illegal. Yeah, and he'd always go, oh, sorry, emu's naughty. And everyone go, yeah. oh, yeah. And the people would actually feel sorry for Rod Hull. So think that poor yeah, Rod Hull. To put up with him. Oh, yeah. everything he's had to go through with that emu of his, and it must it must embarrass him so much. He always seems so embarrassed. I feel for him. Mm. And no one ever thought and said, it's just fucking him. He's been going around just attacking people for fucking years. Yeah. But he's very, like we said before, he's very subdued and very humbled. By this whole thing because he's a different animal when he hasn't got emu with him he's a different character he really is yeah he can't be Absolutely. the outlandish brash kind of none of that score there's none of that vibe at all yeah maybe maybe he thought there was it was going to be some kind of like reckoning where he would end up getting arrested at the end of it i don't know yeah. for all the various crimes that he's done when they're all stacked up one after the other i don't know um we'll leave it there it's just, it's all beginning. We're about to meet his wife and his all his children and his dad. His dad's excellent. His dad's superb. And many, many pals from his past and all that kind of thing. Uh, so He's, he's really delighted to see some of them, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, it's great. <clears throat> great telly. Thank you very much and goodbye. Goodbye. Support comes from ServiceNow, the AI platform for business transformation. You've heard the hype around AI. 
The truth is, AI is only as powerful as the platform it's built into. ServiceNow is the platform that puts AI to work for people across your business, removing friction and frustration for your employees, supercharging productivity for your developers, providing intelligent tools for your service agents to make customers happier. All built into a single platform you can use right now. That's why the world works with ServiceNow. Visit servicenow.com slash AI for people to learn more.